Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. They got this head coach. Her name is Bridget Mitchell. And man, she was a baller. And now she's turned into this great IQ coach. And she's on nothing but net. Thank you, Bridget, for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So break it down for us a little bit. Your first year, how's it going? Um, what have you really enjoyed about coaching this team? Yeah, our first year, um, as as everyone experiences, it's a challenge um, putting together a new team, right? You have players that you inherited, players from the transfer portal, true freshmen. Um, so we have a lot of personalities that are meshing. Um, we're at that point in the season where we're getting along really well and trying to convert those to wins. Um, and so it's it's been good. Uh, I'd say the most exciting part for this season thus far, um, I'd say our kids' day game. Uh, having all of those, and we won, so that's always nice. Um, but we had over 3,000 uh, elementary school kids at our St. Bonaventure home game. And one, right, it's inspiring because you remember back when you were able to go to college events um, and, and to see people play. And then two, um, just the atmosphere. Our gym is uh, really historic. And so the acoustics in there and how loud it got, it was it was awesome. Who on the team matches your energy? Because you had it as a player and you certainly have it as a head coach. Yeah, I definitely say um, Matilda Flood. She she matches my my energy, uh, the grit and and um, toughness that I had on defense of just like I will guard anybody and everybody. Bring it. And you did. Uh, and you did have that attitude as a player. I remember that when you were playing at Duke. Uh, what do you think you've learned from Duke that has helped you? manage what you're managing as a head coach now? Yeah, I definitely say um, the biggest piece was managing personalities, right? Like when you're on a team and you're a captain, you got to be able to connect with everybody, right? There's some people that, you know, maybe you'll be able to pass her on to a co-captain or something like that, right? On, on a number of teams. But at Duke, you had to be able to get along um, and really get to know each and every one of your teammates. And I'm experiencing that as a head coach, right? I have a staff of seven people and then I have a team of, of 13 players. And so to be able to connect with each and every individual, each and every individual um, has been something that I've really taken pride in being able to do. Um, but it's also been a challenge of, of getting the best out of everyone and in those moments. What are some of the things that people may not know about how tough the A-10 has been? I mean, it's a competitive race. The teams are good. The, the coaching is good. What are some things that you're learning about the league that, you know, will benefit you next year when you're playing in the league? Definitely. Um, we, we're, what, top 10 conference ranking uh, in the country. I think we're eight. Ivy, a uh, few leagues are a little ahead of us outside of the Power Five. Um, but I think that the biggest thing is the size, right? Like when you're going up against 6'3", all of our – there's only, I want to say, um, and I could be wrong in terms of the number – but about a hand, like seven to eight small guards in our league. Everyone else is like five, nine and up, right? So you're, you're competing against length. Um, and that's on both ends of the court. So a lot of these teams in the A-10, guards will post you up without hesitation. They will post you, get you back to the basket and go to work. Um, and that's something that's really, really unique about our league, right? In terms of that, that length and size and, and competitiveness. 
Well, that's something that you know something about because that's the way you were as a player. I mean, there wasn't any place on the floor that you couldn't impact the game, especially on the defensive end. So length is always an interesting thing because I hear coaches talk about it a lot. We always think about length on the defensive end. How does length help you offensively? Offensively, right? Like we, uh, within our system, we do um, quite a number of isolation sets, right? And so when we have an advantage from my forward player and, and Rose, and they have a smaller matchup on her or um, a post player that's a taller, but a little more slow foot, right? And so we're able to put her in those isolation sets on the low block, short corner area where she can face up and attack, right? And so when you have um, players that can do that, that versatility, uh, which is what a lot of players in our league have demonstrated that we we have, um, it's, it's a way that you can capitalize definitely on the offensive end by exploiting those mismatches. Bridget, I think I'm right about this. You you started with the Philly Bells, right? Yep. Yeah. So you were a Bell and then you play in college and now you've been coaching for a while. I mean, I've started to feel old um, here watching you because I'm thinking about, I do remember all your playing days. Um, when, when you start thinking about the life and the quality of life and the schedule that you keep around basketball, I mean, all you do, it seems to the outside is something basketball related. What else do you like to do? And then is that true? Like, is there a percentage of time you're spending? I know in season, it's probably 100%, but outside of the season, if there is an off season anymore, uh, what are you doing when, when you have some downtime? Yeah, first and foremost, you do not look like you're aging one bit. You look amazing. So that's <laughs> That's Thank first and foremost. Um, and then for, for my free time, uh, it's, it's off season, right? So a lot of my time is taken up by my players, my staff and, and being able to manage that and run a successful program, right? We're and we're in the, the thick of it, right? It's the first year. So those challenges and things that we face, but then when we're not in season, I enjoy traveling. I love traveling. I just recently got a mini golden doodle. Her name's Nala. She's the cutest thing ever. Um, and she, she actually had her first trip with me, uh, for my birthday in October. I took her to Vegas with me. Um, and so um, I really do enjoy traveling and, and a lot of times I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to travel and go catch an open, um, open practice, right? Uh, with Lynn Dunn, she allows me to go with the fever and check out their practices and I'm learning while I'm traveling and having some fun um, and making those connections. Yeah. And that, that's how I keep my, my cup full, uh, being able to see and continue to learn um, because honestly, my job does not feel like a job. I love it. Um, and so when you talk about balance, I'm able to fill my cup in those moments. Yeah, I never uh, like to really reference balance. I think there's a rhythm. I think there's a rhythm to what we do because it's never going to be like a balance of a, of a scale like 50-50. There's always going to be a time when you've got other priorities you got to take care of and then there's some downtime. Lynn Dunn is an interesting person to me because she is like, I'm her basketball Rolodex. When she needs a name or a number, she comes to me. But I know a lot of coaches that use her as a resource because she's so willing to educate, teach, give you something to think about. I mean, it, I'm sure she's one of your mentors. You must have some others. When you're going to your mentors, what are some of the things that you're doing with them? Philosophical concepts, plays, personalities? Like, what are some of the things that are topical for you? Yeah, it, it ends up being everything because I'm like a holistic coach, right? So like I'm looking for ideas that will develop them as as people, right? How do I get them to be a better teammate and really buy into the culture and what we're doing? Um, and then it comes to tactical, right? Where I'm asking, you know, this team is is switching, right? There's, um, for example, we're about to play Richmond and their, their length is really disruptive, right? Everybody on there, all their guards are six foot and above. 
right? And so if they're switching, they can shoot it. They can shoot it. Yep. And they can shoot it. And if they're switching everything on us defensively, it's going to feel like we're in a they're we're they're in a zone and we can't get into the paint, right? So what quick actions can we do to get the people in place um, that 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 can score the ball for us, right? And so these are just con- conversations that I'm having, and everybody tosses out ideas. Um, and as we converse, but um, hearing things um, and getting advice, and and not necessarily that situation, but in situations like those from Coach Dunn to hear what she's done in the past, right? She has tons of plays. Um, Kansas actually won. Um, sorry, Kentucky actually won uh, last year with with one of her sets, her magic series, right? One of those plays. And so she just has a wealth of knowledge um, as well as other, other mentors of mine. And I think that, um, you know, tapping into my mentor, Peter Roby, he was a former AD, right? Like I'm talking to him about managing my staff and how do I go about things from that perspective. And so I'm constantly growing and learning. Um, and I'm really appreciative of the people that I do have in my circle that that want me to succeed and want this program to do well. When you're young, like you are as a head coach with experience, but still young, you could coach for 25 more years as a head coach. You know, when you start looking at the down the road, a wider vision, you know, um, do you have an end game in mind or, and I hate to ask coaches that question because I don't want to, you know, like, it doesn't want to sound like you're leaving or you're going to the next job or you're doing that, but just kind of like in general, like for you to have the greatest impact on the game, where do you see yourself going? You know, for me, I'm I'm always a bloom where I've been planted kind of person. Um, I'd be a fool to say you don't want to be in my alma mater, right? It's it's Duke. I went there, I played there. That's that's a hope of every coach. Um, but I am an hour and a half away from my family. We have elite academics, um, the resources and things from uh, charter flights and um, every everything we could possibly need here at Fordham, um, and that that proximity to home, I, I cannot complain. Um, this is this is a place that I'm really looking forward to getting this program off the ground um, and, and taking it to new heights, right? There's been success at Fordham. The previous coaches before me are the reason that the job was um, admirable, right? I'm like, ooh, this is, okay, this is appealing, right? Um, and so they they laid down that foundation and, and demonstrated that you can win championships here. And that's what I want to be a, be a part of. That's what I want to lead. And that's what I want to do. Before I let you go, this is the Play for K week where NC State and many schools are wearing pink, celebrating cancer survivors and raising awareness around the legacy of KEL's commitment to try to make other people battling cancer have a good quality of life. As a player who played against NC State, it was familiar and and all of that. Um, Do you have a story or something you'd like to share your own personal experience about um, someone that, that you play for? Yeah, um, when when I was in college, we actually had the opportunity to go to the funeral. Um, we had a few of my close friends that were McDonald's All-Americans with me that played for NC State. So Amber White, Nikita Gontrell. Nikita was uh, from Georgia, down in Atlanta, and Amber actually played with me in the Philly Bells, um, and she was from, from Pennsylvania area. And so... Um, it was always one of those things like when you live in North Carolina and you're on those sports team, you guys like we're all competitive. We wanted to kick everybody's butt and go head to head. Um, but in moments like that, you remember that there's like a bigger picture and there's a greater story and a greater cause for the, doing what we love. And so to bring awareness to that um, every year is really an opportunity that we look forward to taking advantage of our our first. Um, sorry, our think pink game 
is uh, February 21st. So we're lo really looking forward to that, um, helping out with the proceeds and doing what we can. So I would definitely say my opportunities to uh, to play against Amber and Nikita and laugh with them and, and have good times, but, but also win, kick their butts. <laughs> that is great, that's great. I, I did not know that the Duke team went to the funeral. Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing. Um, that's pretty cool. Well, that that's a great way to celebrate uh, what we're doing to try to make a difference for those battling cancer. That's a really good memory. And uh, I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on Nothing with, But Net with us. So thank you for that. Thanks for having me. Nothing But Net, yeah. right? <laughs> you, keep, you keep killing it and we'll keep following you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.